Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. What we're going to talk about today uh, is a message I'd heard actually by, actually by Dr. Phil Stringer, who was with us last week. He had uh, taught it in a college chapel, and I had taken notes and, and remember thinking, boy, this would be great for beginning of the year type of message. So I kind of dug out my notes and was like, you know what, uh, I need to rework this for our church. And there were some good points that he made. Uh, but if you got your Bible, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians. So uh, in the book of Ephesians is, is in the right side of your Bible, the New Testament, uh, real small book, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. So you could go there, Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to start off today. Um, but uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier in our 10 o'clock, the men's Bible study we're having, uh, my boys are home for college, and um, it's, been, it's been good. They're both in Bible college. They're both planning on going into full-time Christian ministry. I think that's wonderful, and um, they both want to, wherever God takes them, they both want to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But one of the things that I think I really kind of noted this year uh, that was different than years past over the last couple of weeks, and we're going to spend a few minutes talking about this is uh, Christmas has changed at our house uh, a lot. Um, it just seems like yesterday I was buying my kid uh, Legos and Nerf guns. How many of you regret not having taken stock in Legos and Nerf Corporation? I cannot tell you how much we spent on Legos and Nerf guns. And I don't know why, I mean, Nerf guns are Nerf guns, but, but you got to have the new one, right? Even though the old one still works. And, and we're talking, over here, we're talking, there's never enough Nerf bullets. When you buy those kits, they give you 10. What, what kid in the right mind only needs 10 bullets? You need like hundreds, you know? We did a Nerf war in here. The youth group did it in here one time. And there's probably still Nerf bullets up in the rafters. <laughs> they were like everywhere. It'd be like two years later, oh yeah, there's another Nerf bullet, you know? Um, but, um, but, you know, the, the Christmas used to be fun, I guess. But now it's, here's what Christmas is at the Rehoffs. It's now... Um, Carhartt hoodies, right, Nerf, or I'm not, Nerf, uh, Under Armour, like shirts and stuff like that, you know, Starbucks, gift cards. Uh, it's just not as exciting. Um, I've, I've kind of determined, though, that we're always going to have gifts at Christmas. So I bought, uh, or fun gifts, I should say. So I, I always want to buy toys, so I bought um, my son Cole. I bought him a drone. Um, this is the fifth drone that I bought him. <laughs> and this drone even though it was much more expensive, ended up the same way that all the other four drones ended up, and that by dinner, um, it was destroyed. <laughs> so we're thankful for Amazon's very flexible return policy. Uh, but um, uh, uh, kid, the, the, the point is this, kids grow up, right? They're not kids anymore. I, I would be a little weirded out, it'd be a little strange if my 21-year-old uh, asked for crayons, if he asked for another Nerf gun, if you asked for Legos, it'd be kind of weird. Uh, I'd feel really strange if my 19-year-old wanted a little Tykes kitchen set and, and wanted to, you know, play house and stuff like that. I just think it'd be, it'd be strange. There's a time to be a child. There's also a time to grow up and not be a child. It's okay to be a child 
when you're a child. Can I get an amen? It's fun. It's entertaining. It's exciting. It's cool. It's great. You laugh at it. It's great. But it's not okay to be a child when you're supposed to have grown up, when you're supposed to have matured. It's weird. It's abnormal if a grown-up still acts like a child. It's just not, it's not what you expect. You say, oh, there are some problems with this person, right? So, as we're going to look at this today, this guy named Paul, who wrote about half of the New Testament, he writes a letter to a pastor, a young guy, a young guy, his name is Timothy. He writes a letter, and, and he tells Timothy some very important things in his book. He also writes a letter to the church in, in Ephesus, and the book is called Ephesians, which we're going to be at today. And he warns the church there, too. It's okay to be a child when you're a child. But there's a time to grow up. And there's a time that you shouldn't be like a child anymore. And he really challenges on a couple things. I want to spend just a few minutes, depending on how much time we have, uh, talking about um, making a new you for 2023 or a new me for 2023. I think there's some of us that need to really think about, am I growing up? Am I maturing? Or am I still a child in some areas? Is there some areas of my life I consciously, cognizantly need to work on for this coming year? Okay? I think that's good. Pastor, do you like New Year's resolutions? I think they're great. I think it's a good thing to do. Well, you know, I don't think, I don't think it's right to set New Year's resolutions. Well, if you're not going to set a New Year's resolution, then when are you going to start changing? I mean, right? I mean, you have, to, you have to have a point in your life that you say, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore, or I'm going to start doing this. It's a good thing to review your life. It's a good thing to make, to make goals. It doesn't mean you're always going to accomplish them. But you just don't want to, you know, maintain and say, well, this is the way I'm always going to be. You know, you've given up on life. It's like when, um, I, I like to wear Crocs. Who raised, raise your hand if you like to wear Crocs? Anybody my age like to wear Crocs? Okay, yeah, yeah. I was told by my wife, said, when you start wearing Crocs, it's like you've given up. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> if you see me in Walmart with sweats and Crocs, you know. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and he gave some apostles and some prophets, he's talking to the church, Paul's talking to the church, and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? Why did I give these offices to a church? Verse 12. For the perfecting or the completing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I've given you pastors to help you grow up. That's why we have an office of pastor. The job of the pastor in a local church is to help you mature. That is my job. My job is not to balance the budget. My job is not to uh, clean the floors. My job is not to whatever. My job is to help this church mature spiritually. I do those other things, but that's not what the job of the pastor is. The job of the pastor is to help the church mature. Till we all come again, look at verse 13. In the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now look what Paul says. That we henceforth, take your pen and underline the next four words, be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Paul's saying here, listen, my job here, my goal here, uh, the reason that the church has, has, has people working in the church, the reason we have a church, is to lead Christians to a point of maturity. We are supposed to grow up. As children, we don't always know how to talk. We don't always know how to behave. 
We don't know how to take care of ourselves. That's understandable. That's expectable. Um, our language, our dress, our actions, uh, they may not be correct. As a child, we may even act wrong sometimes. We may not, may, may not dress ourselves correctly sometimes. Why? Because we don't know any better. Why? Because we are children. We expect that from children. Children don't know how to correctly talk in public. <laughs> children, you ever notice this? Children talk about bathroom talk like it's everyone's business. I mean, it's just going the hallway and just telling everybody about what they did and whatever. You know, it's just the whole world wants to know what I'm doing. <laughs> you expect that from a two-year-old, right? I mean, it's cute, it's funny, we kind of laugh about it. You don't expect that, though, from an older person. <laughs> it gets really weird. We expect it, though, because they're children. Um, I think it's fun to watch kids play with toys. I, I love to watch kids do puzzles. I love to watch my boys do Legos. I thought that was always great. But again, I, I think it would be very strange if, if my 21-year-old went into the nursery and started playing with the Little Tykes kitchen set. That was cute 19, 20 years ago, 18 years ago. Yeah, I thought that was great. I, I loved it. It was fun. Let's play, you know, house. Let's whatever, play tea. What am I saying? My son never played house. It just, no. It's like he saw the house and was like, well, I think we need to add on to this house. We can make it bigger, put a kitchen. You know, he wanted to change it or something. But we, we expected it. We thought it was funny. We thought it was cute. We thought it was nice. But I don't expect it anymore because he should be growing up, right? That's not normal. It's not what we expect. It, it's not interesting. It's not funny. He's not a child anymore. Children, children ask very childish questions, but that's okay because, because they're children. I, I've known people that have been newly saved, and they're, they're new believers. They don't know. I've had people come to our church, and they've come for a while, and, and they don't know. And they address me as father. Hello, father. It's fine. It's cute. I laugh. I, I know what the intention is. I know what they mean, right? You know, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me. You know, father, that was a great mass. I'm not your father, and this is not mass, okay? <laughs> but they don't know any better. So, so they said, I've, had, I've had new people come to church, and, and especially from a Friday night program, well-meaning, good people, but they're babies in Christ, spiritual, they're babies, and, and they'll come up and they'll tell me a joke that's, that's just not a good joke, but they don't know any better, and they're laughing, or they'll tell me some story about, you should have seen what we did last night, or we went down to such and such a bar, and they'll say, man, it's so great. And I laugh about it, so to speak, and in my mind, I'm kind of going, they're children. They're babies. They don't know any better. You know, they'll swear to me or something like that. And, oh, sorry, Father. <laughs> well, they don't know any different, of course, because they're children. I don't expect anything different from children. I don't. I just don't expect it. But it is a problem when someone's been saved 10, 20, 30, 40 years and they're still talking like that. They're still acting like that. They're still talking about those kind of jokes. They're still making those kind of innuendos. They're still talking to the pastor uh, impro improperly or, or, or women or people in the, the lobby. Now it's a problem. You should have grown up by now. It's time to, time to grow up. It, 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 it gets old really fast. It's, it's okay when you're spiritually this big. But it's not okay when you should have grown up. Okay? There is a time to grow up. One of the things that you'll notice here at Dayspring, if you've been coming any length of time, I, I like what Mike Dean uh, is encouraging us to come for five weeks, take the five-week challenge. I think that's good. One of the things you'll notice different about this church is this. 
uh, and, and maybe you've noticed it, but you didn't know how to put it in words. I preach with expectation, okay? Meaning this, this is not story time with Pastor Dan, amen? It's not, if you want story time, I don't know, go get a book and read it. I don't know what to say. <laughs> this is preaching with expectation. I expect when I open up this book and we talk about it in church as a church, family together, which we are, I expect there to be growth. I expect you to listen. I expect you to take notes. I expect you to grow from this. I expect there to be a difference in your life having come to this church this coming week, okay? I expect there to be a difference. I expect you to be convicted. I expect you to be challenged. I preach with an expectation. Not every church preaches with an expectation. I do. Why? Because my job is I expect you to start growing up. I expect me to grow up. I expect there to be growth. I expect us to be challenged. I preach with that. That's normal. It's, it's not story time. I'm not serving Fruit Loops here. I'm serving steak and potatoes. Thank you. <laughs> Our preschool, we have a preschool. We have a two-year-old class for the preschool. When, when, when the children come into that class, we expect them to make messes. We expect the potty training not to work all the time. We smile about it. We laugh about it. We say, okay, you know, that, that's fine, you know, whatever. But I have a different expectation for our high school here, the Christian high school. I have a big different expectation for that. We, we don't have a changing table in the high school, right? We don't have little kids, you know, uh, face wipes up there in the high school, right? We don't serve them, you know, spoon feed them food, right? We, we, we don't. There's an expectation. There's a difference. We're expecting, uh, we don't have sippy cups. <laughs> we're, we're expecting them to have grown up. Paul here, when he's writing this letter, is saying, listen, church, you ought not to be little children anymore. There's a time and some areas that we need to grow up. What are some of those areas? I've written down some ideas here that I want to share with you today. I want you to take notes on this. You've got it there in your verse sheet. And I think there's some areas that, that we think about children, how children act. And some things that we need to just be honest with ourselves about and some things that we could change for 2023. And, I, and I, my expectation is I hope some of these things hit home with, with all of us. They hit home with me, which is why I'm preaching this message today. Number one, here's an idea about kids. Number one, children are superficial. Children are superficial. They're only on the surface. There is no depth. Children cannot sit in church where deep things are being discussed and being taught. Children get worked up over little things. <laughs> Do you ever have a child who loses a toy? I mean, can, can we relate to that? And they lose a toy, and what happens? They are consumed with that little toy being lost. Their whole world is shut down. Jeremiah's up here shaking his head, right? And, and it's just the whole world shut down. I got to find that little toy. I got to find that truck. I got to find that doll. And the whole world's come to a stop because all they're consumed about, all they're concerned about is find that little toy. And they scream and they holler and you've got to do everything you can and you're looking between the car seats and, and you finally find that toy and you give it back to them and they're totally out of control and you give them the toy back. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> I'm fine. <laughs> it's like everything just turned off all of a sudden, you know, turned back on again just because of that toy. Why? Their whole world is consumed about this superficial toy. It doesn't mean anything, right? That little truck, that little doll, that little toy, it means nothing. But to them, they are consumed with the superficial. They see things like that that are so superficial as being so important. Ch children are superficial. They, they just don't like important things. That's why we have junior church. I don't expect little babies to sit through a church service. I, I, we can't. Of course not. That's why we have junior church. We have, that's why we have a nursery. We expect that. 
But we do expect older people to do it, right? The children are superficial. They're not concerned about those things. I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, how much time do we have? <laughs> I think this is why we have a problem in churches today, because I think for the last 25 or 30 years, I think churches have been more concerned about the superficial than about growing. I think the problem with churches today is, is they've been so concerned about drawing a crowd through, through music that even though the church may have older people in it, they're still down here with their spiritual walk because they, they've been attracted by the superficial, they've been kept by the superficial, and that's all they get. The unimportant things has consumed them to where this is the most important thing that I do on a Sunday morning is the superficial. Listen, guys, I go, to, I, go to, I go to a lot of pastor's conferences. I go to leadership conferences. I subscribe to all those, those big things online. I listen to those seminars. I do them because I'm always trying to get good ideas. I love good Christian music. Okay? The hymnal is not the Bible. I think it's full of a lot of good songs. I have nothing wrong with, with current music and current authors for the most part. You know what I'm saying? I love good Christian music. I, you know what I'm saying? It's fine. Uh, I don't... You know, a song to be good doesn't have to be 400 years old, all right? <laughs> okay, it, there could be new writers that write good songs, okay? But, but a lot of times the current stuff is superficial. Our summer camp program that we run for 12 weeks in the summer for kids, we sing silly little songs. It's superficial, okay? We sing songs about, you know, whatever, this or that, and they do all the motions, and, you know, they're doing all the stuff. It's superficial. We don't do those songs on a Sunday morning. Why? Because they're superficial. They're great for these kids. I expect it. It's fun. We laugh. It's cute for these kids. But we wouldn't do that on a church on Sunday morning. Why? Because it's superficial. It's something for children. It's not for something that people that are being more mature. Uh, my, my concern, though, about, about churches is that they've just spent so much time drawing people by music. Um, back, to, back to my thoughts about the leadership conferences and stuff that I go to in the pastor's conferences. They spend so much time talking about music and EQing it and the right lights and the right smoke and the right microphones and how to bring the best out of your singers. There's nothing wrong in the context of that, okay, but the whole leadership conference is about music. You, go, you look up any of the big names, you look them up, it's all about music. Time out, time out, time out. Where in the Bible does it say you build your church on a band? I, I'm just being honest. Did Paul say, make sure you have a good enough band, and then people will grow by it? He didn't. He said you sing to each other. That's a good thing. But what did he say the job of the church was to? Preach the what church? That's what we're supposed to be doing. Why don't they have a leadership conference on, on doing that? You know, build your church. You want to build a solid church? Guys, listen, I'm no dummy, okay? I know, I know, I know. If we, if we, if we just cranked up the music a little bit more and, and rocked out on it, we'd fill this place. Great. That's nice. We'd fill the church full of a bunch of children that have no interest in growing up because the only reason they're here is for the superficial. It's superficial, guys. It's just, I, I may sing those very songs in my car. I may go work out and I may be singing those songs. They're great. That's fine. But I'm not going to build my church on it. Why? Because children are in love with the superficial. Uh, and, 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 and guys, I just think, I think music is really important. I think music is a good thing. And I, I always want to keep expanding our music. I think that's great. But children are superficial. I just don't want a church that's superficial. Okay? I just don't. I just, I don't want a church full of nursery kids. It's just, I just don't. 
All right? That's just not what we're called to do. It's not what we're supposed to be. Uh, I'm all for drawing a crowd. You know, we had uh, 6,000 some people come to our church in the month of December alone. I think that's great. But, uh, but I want the expectation that not only are people coming to church, but I want people to grow. I want you to be involved in church, okay? I don't want you here just because of the band. You're missing like 99.9.9% of what <laughs> the church is about if that's what your, if that's what your purpose is. And, and, and Paul says, listen, do not stay as a child. Don't be superficial. Don't build your church superficially, okay? Don't do that. That, that's nice maybe for, for something fun to do. It's nice to go out. It's nice to sing those songs. Maybe great. But I, I'm shocked at how, how superficial some of the churches are around here. I, listen, guys, I get together with all the pastors around here. We have lunches. We have breakfasts together. I, I'm shocked at people that come from some of the other churches that are just so superficial. It's all about the band. And you ask the people what they believe or what they stand for. They have no idea what they believe. It just, it, to me, it's sad. That's what. It's just sad. Why? Because children are superficial. Paul said, be no more children. Don't be superficial. Second thing I notice about children is this. Write this down. Second thing is this. Children are egocentric. <laughs> Everything for a child is about themselves. Amen, church? Right. Kids, we expect that from children. I'm the center. You're here for me. Children love to go to grandma and grandpa's house. Why? Because when a child goes to grandma and grandpa's house, who's the center of the universe? The child is, right? And that's expected. That's fine. That's great. You expect that. My kids, my kids loved it when they went to someone else's house to play. You know, we have a play date. It's over at someone else's house. Why they love it when they went to someone else's house to play? Because when they go to someone else's house to play, they don't have to make the beds. They don't have to clean up. They don't have to clean the bathrooms. They don't have to put their toys away. What do they do? The parents over there, well, I want, you know, Billy to have a good time over at the house. You just do anything you want. You want macaroni and cheese and Cheerios? Great. Let's do that. The whole world revolves around the kids when they're at someone else's house. Then they come back to our house and like, eh, this house is boring. Yeah. Because it's not all about you. In fantasy land, it's about you, right? You know, when you're at someone else's house, it's easy to be egocentric. But, but uh, they're, they're not the center. Um, but children think that they're the center. They think that everything revolves around them. Young people in this room, ah, boy, I'm going to get myself in trouble. What's a young person nowadays? I don't know, anyone 53 or younger here in the room? <laughs> anyone in their 20s? 20s? Okay, 15 to 20, 15 to 30. 15 to 30, stand up. Seriously, 15 to 30, stand up. I just want to see who we got. We got a bunch over here, a bunch over here. Would you sit down? No, just kidding. 15 to 30. Okay, you guys can be seated. All right. Listen, I, I want to talk to you just for a minute about being a child. <laughs> um, if, if you learn this phrase, this will change your life. Young people, ready? Write this down. It is not about you. Amen? The sooner you learn life is not about you, the better off and happier you are going to be. Because there's a time in your life when you just think the whole world should revolve around you. You go on social media and it all seems to revolve around us. But it doesn't. God's plan, God's purpose for you is not about you. Your life will be a whole lot better when you get this in your brain and you get this in your mind that you understand that, that, that my life is not about me. My life is about Jesus. It's about what God wants for me to do, where God wants me to go, who God wants me to date, what kind of job God wants me to have. The sooner you get that in your mind that life is not about me, the better off and happier your life will be, okay? It's just going to, you'll be able to take a deep breath and say, it's not about me. It's not about me. But 
We don't expect that from children. Why? Because children are egocentric. Children think it's all about them. Paul says, Paul says, I don't want you to be any more children. Don't be egocentric. It's not about you. Number three, children are emotional. Children just don't have a gauge on handling their emotions. They, if they don't get what they want, they cry. They fuss. They misbehave. They huff. They go on a pity party. They go sulk. Or they go and they pout somewhere. <laughs> I see children in adult bodies do that. It's usually accompanied by the lip thing, you know. <laughs> you don't have to be this big to sulk or have a pity party, right? I've seen people this big do this. Why? Because children are emotional. Children don't know how to control their emotions. When you're emotional, it keeps you from coming to grip with hard truth. We need to make decisions on what's important. We need to make decisions on what's real. We don't make decisions based on, on emotions or what's not realistic. If we live a life that's purely emotional, we are not living a life that's truly realistic. We are making decisions based on how we feel. We make decisions based on what we think is more comfortable to us. But Paul said, look at the passage, Paul said, be no more children. Children are emotional. Mature people don't base their life on how they feel. Mature people make decisions on what's real and what's important. Church, be very cautious about making decisions on emotions. I feel, I think. Be cautious. Be cautious about that. Children are emotional, okay? Paul said, Paul said, don't, don't be like that. Be no more children. Number four, number four, children fluctuate in responsibility. Children fluctuate in their responsibility. They decide all the time to change. They get drawn away by new ideas. They love any idea. Hey, let's go do this. Let's do that. Let's go here. Let's go here. And it's, it's the next thing. It's, you know, it's squirrel. You know, what, <laughs> you know, what am I going to do? It, that, that's how children, ch children are. That's what we expect from children. They, they fluctuate in their responsibility. I've known Christians that read a book. And all of a sudden, pastor, we got to get on this bandwagon. We got to do this. This is the next best thing. And, and next thing you know, they're running, you know, all this way. And they're just head over heels going down this path. Time out. Wait a second. Hold on. Pastor, I heard someone and someone on the radio say this. Here, we got to do all this. Wait a second. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait a second. We got to change something, Pastor. Pastor, we got to change the whole church. We got to change the focus of the church. We got to do. I heard this great thing. <laughs> the last three years, I, I, as a pastor, heard an awful lot of that from the sheep in this church. <laughs> pastor, they're putting people in death camps because they didn't get the COVID vaccine. All right, whatever. What do you want to do? You want to move to Canada? I don't, I don't know what to do, you know. I expect that from children, okay? I expect that. They fluctuate responsibility. I shouldn't expect that from people who have been saved for a long time. We, we just shouldn't. We just shouldn't. Now, most times that's not true, but sometimes it does happen. You know, one week for a child, they like Legos, and, and they have to have the new Lego set, the new Nerf set, you know, the new action figure, the new video game. And that's why our kids' closets are full of different toys, right? Because they keep fluctuating, they keep changing. Amen? How many of your kids, you got a closet or a playroom that's just full of toys, and it's like, what in the world? There's, I mean, there's so many Legos, you couldn't even put that set back together if you wanted to. Why? Because that's what children do. Mature people don't get on the latest bandwagon, don't get on the latest fad. P uh, people, church, be careful about getting on the latest fad. <laughs> don't get on the latest fad. You don't see me getting on fads at this church, do you? 
Do you, do you see a book resource table out there with me pushing the latest author? Hey, there's a new conspiracy theory. You don't see it. Why? Because we don't get on fads. Children fluctuate responsibility. Mature people don't. Okay? This is the only book God ever wrote. Amen, church? Right, this is, we got to stick to it. Don't get on some crazy fad. Don't get on something. Don't fluctuate your responsibility. Paul made it pretty clear. Children, church, be no more children. Don't be like that. Number five. Number five. I got, I got two more here. Let's, go, let's do it. Let's try to get them done. Children love dependency. I think yeah, this is one. Yeah, children love dependency. Children expect to be taken care of. Children come running for love. They come running for attention. Yeah, that's fine when you're a child. I, I, I need dependency. I need people to love me. I need people to, to, to see me. I need people to acknowledge me. Children must have everything done and everything provided for them. The pastor always needs to take care of them. The pastor must meet every single need every single time. <laughs> they have a mole removed, and, and, and they, they, they expect the pastor to know about the mole being removed. And How can the pastor not know that I was having a mole removed? Because I'm not your doctor? I don't know what to say. I don't know. Um, you know, and I'm just shocked. The pastor didn't come pray with me when I was having this mole removed. You know, you think that's silly, but it's not. Uh, I, I remember when we started the church, I had someone very upset with me and gave me an earful because I wasn't there when they, when they had bunion surgery. They never told the church they're having bunion surgery. They never asked me for prayer. I had no idea. I don't know what their feet look like. How would I know they're having bunion surgery? Guys, come on. But, but, but children are like that. Children are dependent. I want everyone to see me. I want to be the center of attention. I, want, I, I expect you to take care of me. That's what a child does. Feed me, change me, wipe me, do all these things for me. Why? Because I'm a child. I expect that. We, we expect that. But Paul says, church, be no more children. Don't be like that. There's, there's just no reason to be like that. Speaking of that, um, that guy who couldn't believe I didn't know he had bunion surgery, he said this to me. I, I'll never forget this. He said, Pastor... The last church I was at, the pastor would sit with me and pray with me and stay in the hospital the whole time I was having bunion surgery. And you know what I told him? Uh, you're a fool for having left that church. That's all I can say. If you got some pastor that's going to sit with you and pray with you the whole time, you really need to go back to that church because I, I don't even know what bunion surgery is. I want to know. Church, if you're sick, if you call the church. Let's get you on the prayer request. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, I'll go and pray with you. Of course not. But, but, but children, are, are, they seek that dependency. They need that. Don't be like a child. You know what the difference is on that. Let me say something else about the medical community. Oh, no, now I'm going to get myself in trouble. <laughs> I, I'm getting concerned with the medical community. I really am. I mean, in a very big sense. Um, I'm concerned with the fact that our medical uh, community, including the CDC, even just this last week or two, has really, really come out in body mutilation, and it's acceptable. Guys, that really concerns me. Our government is just going head over heels for the whole transgender thing. Listen, I'll say this. The people that are involved in that, with the whole transgender change thing, they're morons. They're idiots. It's not right. It's satanic. Well, Pastor, you're going to offend someone. Time out. I'm offended. I'm a tax-paying citizen, right? I, I, I'm, I'm a citizen of this country. I pay taxes. I vote. I'm a citizen. I'm offended that my government is paying for this. I, I have a right to say that just like anyone has a right to disagree with it. Do people have issues they need to deal with? Absolutely. They, can, they, they should get that dealt with, uh, no doubt. But when we get to a point in our, in our nation when we'll literally cut off body parts and the government will pay for it, I have a real problem with that. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of Nazi Germany. That's what Hitler was doing, experimenting on children. The stuff that, you know, California, January 1st, is now a safe haven 
no, no, no punishment, no criminal charges against any doctor, against any child that comes into the state of California without parental consent can have anything done. The government will pay for it starting January 1st in California. That's a real problem. Church, if I went to a doctor's office right now and I said, you know what, I fantasize about living my life without my left arm, would you please cut my left arm off? What would they do with me? They'd put me in a psych ward and put, be, put me on meds and say, you have a problem, sir. That's not normal. But we do it under the name of sexual revolution and now it's okay. Church, we are living in a very dark world and I have a real problem with the medical community that supports that. I'll say it again, they're idiots, they're morons, okay? I feel sorry for the people that are struggling with this, but uh, here's my prediction. My prediction is the next 10 or 15 years, there's going to be people that are detransitioning, and they are going to need a lot of help. It's, it's going to be a mess because they're making decisions here they're not ready to make decisions for. I feel terribly sorry for them. It, it's, it's, we're on this fad thing. Parents, I wouldn't, I'd be very cautious about your children being on social media. That's driving it. It's just not normal. Um, but, but that's children. All right, number six, children live in a realm of imagination. Children live in a realm of imagination. Yes, cartoons are funny. Uh, cartoons don't make sense. They're not realistic. They don't have real-life situations. They're beyond the laws of logic. They're beyond the laws of science. Cartoons are funny. Great. They stir up imagination. They stir up invention. That's great. But it's weird if someone lives in cartoon world forever. Amen? <laughs> Children are like that. Children want that. Children live in a world of a realm of imagination. People, though, sometimes have imagination too. I think the church should be this way. I think my wife should be this way. I think my husband should be this way. I think the pastor should do this. I, time out. It's not reality. I think my, my spouse said this. I think so-and-so said that. I think my boss thinks this. Time out. It's not reality. Be very careful about that. Be very cautious about that. You know, we have this, this attitude nowadays that a church must be a megachurch in order to be effective. Help me. What verse in the Bible does it say a church has to be big to be effective? Does anyone, anyone see that? I, I don't, I, honestly, I haven't seen it. It's got to be mega in order for it to be good. You've got to have three or four thousand. You've got to have 500 kids in your youth group to be effective. Where? I, I don't even see a church building in the New Testament. Does anyone see a church building in the New Testament? I don't, maybe the church in Ephesus, I, I just don't see it. I, I don't know. But we have that imagination, it should be like that, or, or we should do it this way, or we should do it that way, or, or, or the Christian school should be this way or that way. People that have never had a Christian school, never run a Christian school, never been part of a Christian school, have the most input about us running our Christian school. <laughs> Where are you imagining? You've never done this before. You have no idea what it's like. I expect that from little kids. We don't expect that from grown-ups, though. Paul says, be very careful. Don't be like that. Don't be a child. Don't, don't live in that realm of imagination. Don't, don't have it like that. Imagination is not the real world. Sometimes people imagine, well, my wife is thinking this. My boss is thinking that. My pastor is thinking this. Well, I just know so-and-so doesn't care about me. I just know the person I'm sitting next to me, you know, doesn't like me. I just know that someone, you know, is frustrated with me. Listen, if we live in a world of imagination, it's hard to serve, uh, solve real-world problems, okay? Live in the real world, not in the world of imagination. Be very cautious. Why? Because Paul said, be no more children. Church, we need to live in reality. Children play with toys. Children have imagination. Children watch cartoons. That's great for a child, but there's a time to grow up. Maybe this year, 2023, is the time for you to become a better me. I don't know. 
Maybe some of these areas, you step on your toes and say, yeah, this does kind of offend me. Okay? Maybe it's some areas we all need to grow up in. Let me ask you this question and we'll be done today. How are you when you're told no? A child has a very hard time hearing the word no. Oh, it's such a great kid. You know, the grandparents love the kids. Oh, so great, so great, so great kid. We love the kid until what? No, no, you're not going to eat that. What happens? Ballistic, right? Goes crazy. Who you are as a Christian shows up when you're told no. You, you could smile and, and shake hands all day long and, and have a pretty face on and, 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 and feel like you're a really mature Christian until you're told no. The real you comes out when you're told no. Think about that. You see that in children. Paul says, don't be like, don't be like that anymore. Okay? Say, don't, don't be like that. If you're told no, it shouldn't blow you up. It shouldn't cause you into a hissy fit. It shouldn't wreck your whole life. You know, and we go through life sometimes and we don't get it our way. We find out who we are real quick. Find out who we are real quick. Okay? How do you respond? That's the real you. But Paul said, be no more children. So we're out of time this year. Let's, let's just challenge ourselves in some of these areas. Let's challenge each other to grow up. If you hear someone acting immature, if you hear some imagining, if you hear someone acting out some of these character traits of children, you go up to them and you challenge them. Say, you know what? You need to grow up in this area. Is this an area maybe we need to work on? Is this an area we need to pray together? You're pretty egocentric. You're pretty imaginative. You're pretty dependent. Is this something we should work on? Is this something maybe we can pray about? Just be really careful about that, okay? Be really cautious that we're not acting like children because Paul says, be no more children. Let's worry about going into all the world and preaching the gospel. Church, if our eyes and our mind is set on giving the gospel, the petty things in life won't bother us. Why? Because we're not being a child when we share the gospel. We're maturing as a Christian. If your heart is set on winning the world for Jesus, all these little side things don't bother you, okay? They don't because your focus is on sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with the lost and dying world, all right? 2023, let's keep and let's make that our focus to share the gospel to a lost and dying world. Sharing the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid the sins for all mankind. Do you know that? Do you know if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven? Have you ever thought about that? I'll let my glasses represent all the bad things we've done. My left hand, me and you, here we are. We've all done bad things. God, pretend this sounds God. God says, I love you, but I hate the sins. I, I, I love you, but, but the sin is what's keeping you from going to heaven. Oh, pastor, I'll be good. I'll go to church. I'll give money. That's nice. It doesn't pay the sin. The Bible says the wages, the cost, the mortgage for that sin is death. Someone has to die forever to pay that sin debt. God said, you know what? I don't want you to do it. I want you to go to heaven. I will send my son Jesus, the story of Christmas, to die on a cross to pay your sins, the story of Easter. When Jesus dies on a cross, he'll pay the mortgage for you. And God says, if you just believe that, you can forever be part of my family. Do I have to go to church? No. Do I have to get baptized? No. Do I have to stop doing something? No. Do I have to start doing something? No. What do I need to do? I just need to simply believe. God, I realize I'm a sinner. I can't pay it. But I believe that Jesus paid it for me. I accept the fact Jesus died on the cross. He paid my debt for me. God says forever, you're part of my family. That is the good news of the gospel. Church, let's keep our focus on this this year. In 2023, that alone is the focus of this church, okay? Let's not get sidetracked as children do. Let's not get disenchanted as children do. Let's not quit like children do. Let's stay focused on the good news of the gospel. Amen, church? Okay, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for our Bible study today. We look at some tough things that I know are sometimes hard to swallow, but Lord, I, I just want our church to keep growing. I don't want us to, to go backwards. I want us to go forwards. There's some areas here we all need to work on, myself included. 
I'm the first of all these that need to work on these areas. Help us to grow. Help us to challenge ourselves in these areas. Lord, maybe someone today doesn't know for certain if they're going to heaven. Would you work in their hearts, Lord, right now? Would you help them to understand that going to heaven is not something they work for? It's not something they pay for. It's something that you gave them as a gift. You gave them eternal life. All they have to do is accept it, to believe that, yes, Jesus died on the cross, paid my sin debt, and I can know for certain I have eternal life. Why? Because Jesus did the work, so I don't have to. Maybe someone right, right now in the quietness of their mind is, is trusting the fact that Jesus paid their sin debt. Yes, Lord, I don't know everything, but I do know Jesus paid my sin debt. I accept that as a payment for my sins. Would you give them just a special, special blessing today? Lord, thank you for all you've done. Bring us back tonight for a Bible study. In your name we pray. very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.